Time to talk college football with Blaine Fowler, BYU football analyst and basketball analyst on BYU TV. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Blaine, good morning. What's going on, guys? I haven't talked to you forever, it seems like. I know, right? It's good to have you back on the show. It's good to be with you. So we are curious, BYU and all these Pac-12 games, have they got the roster to handle them? You think they're going 2-3, and 3-2? Three, three and two. What are you expecting? And, and, that, and just in that Pac-12 group, I, I don't know. I would say if I was going to pick between 2-3 and 3-2, three and three and I would say 3-2. and two. I, think, I think they're deeper than they've been in a long time, and that's what makes a difference when you play this type of a schedule because you're going to get some guys nicked up and – whether they're serious injuries or not, you have to be able to, to tap into that depth to be able to compete over the long haul when you're playing seven P5s in a season. I, I feel like Kalani finally, last year was probably the first year where I was comfortable that they had the depth to play the kinds of schedules they've been playing. And, and this year, even though they lost a number of guys to the NFL, they had a lot of players that have played a lot of downs and, and, uh, and they're deep at, at key positions. And, and positions where they haven't, typically been deep, like deep at corner. And that's not something we seem like we ever say about BYU, but really deep at corner and really deep at wide receiver, another position that's not traditionally one where you have a bunch of guys um, deep at running back. Literally, if if we look historically at BYU and we'd say, what three positions is BYU typically? they They sometimes have a really good guy, but they're usually not very deep. Those are the three that we would mention, and those are three of the deepest positions for BYU this season. So, yeah, I think I think they're in good shape. If they can get consistent quarterback play and whoever that guy is doesn't turn the ball over a bunch, um, I, I think they'll surprise some people this, this season. How much is that depth a product of Kalani being there a number of years and when you recruit LDS kids, obviously it takes a little longer with missions and all that. So this is something that he needed to get and got it just due to the nature of building depth at BYU takes a while. I, I think it's exact. I think it's exactly that. PK. It, it's it's Kalani came in and fundamentally from from an offensive philosophy standpoint and, and a little bit from a defensive side, they wanted to do some things differently. So they they had to almost start over with the type of player they were going to recruit, especially up front on both sides of the ball. And I, I'd point to the offensive line. Um, the kind of offense that Robert and I wanted to run and that, and that Bronco wanted to run was a lot of the RPO stuff, quarterback in the run game stuff. Um, the offensive line, they wanted to come off the ball, kind of zone block all the time, run pass option. And, and when Kwani came in, he said he wanted to return back to the old BYU roots. The, I, we can call it the West Coast offense. It is not exactly like the old West Coast offense, but a lot of elements of that. What Aaron Roderick's running now is really similar I mean, you can go back all the way to when I was playing, and, and a lot of the route combinations and things they're doing are the, the very same that, that Mike Holmgren was running and Norm Chow was running back in those days. To do that, to run that type of offense, you need longer pass blocking, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", even up to 6'8", type guys on that offensive line with long arms, um, very different type of player. And so they went out and they knew, and to your point, P.K., that if they're going to start over and kind of how they did that, they're going to recruit a bunch of guys. They were going to go off on missions. 
They were going to come back two years later. They were going to be somewhat useless their first year back as they got them back in shape. And it would be a four- or five-year deal before the, the, the guys that they recruited actually had experience and could contribute on the field. And we just saw that last year. And, and now what they've got is they've got juniors and some seniors that are in those leadership positions that have developed and are ready to go. And now they have the younger players that have come back from missions um, that are filling those spots. So, so now it's how it's supposed to be. And, and some places you could turn those, those things around in two or three years, but at BYU, as you guys know, it's, it's going to take four or five years to be able to do that. And I think that that's where Kalani is right now. So now that you get to that point, can they just keep it rolling? I mean, everybody has ups and downs, unless you're Alabama. And even they have little, their, their ups and downs are just smaller. But can they largely keep it rolling so that they don't have to endure the two steps back, two steps forward kind of stuff that frustrates fans who want to win all the time? Yeah, oh, I, I, I think they can. And, uh, you know, expectations have to be a little bit different when you're playing the kind of schedule they are. When, when I say keep it rolling, I'm not talking about the good old days when they played a couple of decent teams and a bunch of teams they could just beat even if they were, you know, nicked up. Um, and so – Back in those days, hey, on a good year, you had to go out and win 11 games, right? And then on your re- reload year, because back in the good old days for, for BYU, you didn't rebuild, you just reloaded, right? On a reload year, you might win nine, right? Well, well now, an unbelievably special year would be 10 wins. And, and in some years this year, if they went out and won nine games this year, I think we'd all think, wow, that was something. And we would have never said that nine wins was okay 15 years ago, right? So – the expectation has to be a little bit different, but but I think the expectation that they don't rebuild anymore should should be there now with the way they've got good players in every class and the and the success they've had recruiting the kind of player that they need to get. So so I don't think they have rebuild years anymore. I think he's in a position now where veterans can lead and play, younger guys that are very talented can learn the system, step in and it, and it should perpetuate itself so that they have reload years. I mean, Kyle, Kyle has the University of Utah to that point um, and, and in great shape. So when, when they have a down year, it's, it's not a down-to-the-basement year. It's, it's, they're just not quite as good. Maybe they're not competing for a Pac-12 South championship that year, but they're one team off of that, right? And for BYU, I, I think that, that on a down year, we should expect them to win or a rebuild year um, re- reload year, let's call it. They should still win seven or eight games in those years, and then on a great year, they win nine games. And, and on a very special year, you know, maybe they go get ten or eleven, depending on the schedule. This Built Bar thing that came out, a couple of things. I think it's genius by Built Bar. Get their name out there even more. They got untold amounts of publicity, so good for them. And then certainly for the walk-on players to have their. Uh, financial commitments to the university taken care of with uh, the money and all that stuff is great. The thing that I took from it, rather than try to look at it individually, the best thing from the BYU's perspective is it sent a message. The timing was excellent in that it's sort of a slow time in everyone's camps as we get closer to the season, but you know we're still a couple of weeks away, and the timing was excellent in that. I love the message that it sends to everybody out there as conferences are reevaluating what to do is that we are big time. This thing goes into effect a month and a half ago, and look what we did 
and they got tremendous publicity for it. So it sends the message to whatever conference, to whatever schools, whatever commissioners and university presidents, BYU is big time, and we can help you get to where you want to go. We're a worthy partner. I think that's the message, and that is the most important thing that I took from that after the announcement was made and I thought about it. Respond to that. I think you're right on the money. The the amount of publicity that that announcement got yesterday surprised me. Um, When I heard about it, I had talked talked with Kalani and and with my son Gavin, who's on on the coaching staff there, about it this last week, about what they were going to roll out. And and I just thought, wow, this is genius. And, And then I thought, it's not just genius, it's cutting edge. It's leading out in this NIL thing. And, it, and it's not Clemson saying we're going to pay our quarterbacks a million bucks and then who cares about anybody else? We'll figure that out. It's, it's BYU saying, hey, there's a right way to do this. And we've, been, and we've been anticipating this NIL thing coming for more than a year now. And we have things in place where we can take care of everybody and it can make a difference. And so th- that publicity alone yesterday, I mean, every single major um, Internet entity, um, you know, electronic media entity picked that story up and had nothing but praise for, for how BYU thought outside of the box and how they were going to do that. And so, so I think you're, you're exactly right. People go, look at BYU. They're leading out. They're big time. And even though they're an independent, they, they have a great grasp of this. This is going to be good for their program. They're, all of that, I think, is fantastic. And, and in the end, and that, that helps bring more people um, and, and businesses to partner with you because – uh, I mean, you, you just mentioned it. How much publicity? Uh, did Built Bar ever imagine they were going to get that type of publicity yesterday? That was probably way more than they ever imagined, right? And so other other businesses are going to go, you know what, this is a good business partner to sign up with. We're going to run it through the university. It, it's going to be good karma for you. It's going to be great publicity. And and then in the end, what it does for Kalani, it helps recruit, recruiting. And and we've all watched over the years. I, I was thinking I, I should put a list together just, just in the last 15 years of, of guys that BYU wanted, didn't quite have the scholarship numbers to get them. So they're, say they're just right number one or number two or number three right off the scholarship list. And they, they say to, to those kids, we want you to come as a preferred walk-on. But you got to pay the cost of your own education, and you can earn a scholarship, and these kids might be kids that grew up their whole life thinking they wanted to play at BYU, and they're good players, uh, but in BYU's evaluation, they're just right there borderline, and they have to make some decisions based on scholarships. But those kids have offers other places, whether it's Utah State or Fresno State or wherever it might be, um, or Southern Utah for that matter, and then they end up going to those places, and they're all Americans, and they go play in the National Football League. There's a whole list of those kinds of guys. Um, well, now you don't have to miss on those guys. You, you, can, you can bring those guys and you can say, hey, listen, um, we're, you're, the, you're the next guy out, but we think you can play, but don't worry. We're going to cover the cost of your education just like we would if you're, you're – you're not even going to notice that you're not a scholarship kid. And so those next ten guys that have been going other places, um, they're going to get most of those guys to come to BYU now. And that makes your prep teams better. So your practice and preparation is much, much better. Your, your first teams that are going to go and play in games are better prepared, so that's a big deal. But you're going to find three or four diamonds in the rough out of those ten guys. They're going to rise to the top and, and play well. 
And BYU's been fortunate. They've had some phenomenal walk-ons that have come and, and made it big. I think back to you know, Chad Lewis is a name that we all know that was a walk-on. Dennis Piddle was a walk-on for Pete's sakes. And, and that list goes on and on and on. Well, now you've got a chance to get a, a bigger group of those. You upgrade the talent on the, on the bottom end, which helps everybody and raises the level of the program. I, I think it's huge for, for multiple reasons. I, th- I think for a talent pool, for finding more talent, and you guys know as well as I do, three or four more good guys that you find make a huge difference. That, that's all it takes if you, to, to make the difference between being good and being really good in this game is three or four good guys that you can put out on the field. I think this will help BYU's talent pool, but it also helps them have a big-time field, just like you said, PK. It really does. So I'm curious as that message goes out, as someone who uh, goes back to the WAC days, let alone Mountain West and Independence, you've heard the debate rage on from BYU fans about where they want to land. What do you think of partnering up in the long one with the remaining eight? And uh, what do people around you think about that, if that's not the same as what you think? Well, I, I, if, the, if and you're talking about the remaining eight in the Big 12, and, yep. and uh, if, if you were certain that that Big 12, that the remaining eight were going to stay the remaining eight, and it was a long-term deal and everybody was committed and you weren't worried that Oklahoma State was going to run off someplace and – and, and broker a deal with, with someone else. With the, uh, with the right teams alongside of you, I think it would be very attractive for BYU. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, you take, you take BYU and, and then some of the top teams in the AAC have been ranked in recent years. You go Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, Central Florida, that type of a mix where you take that group in and maybe a Boise State. Boise State's always an interesting one because – in football, they're, they're certainly competitive, but their overall sports programs don't really stack up with the teams in those leagues like BYU's would, and, uh, uh, or Cincinnati's for that matter, Central Florida. And so uh, from a football perspective, that would make sense. So you go Boise State, BYU, Memphis, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, and that's a, that's a good league, guys, right there. That's a very competitive league. You can make a case that that's as good or better than the, than the Pac-12 has been in recent years. So I, I would think BYU would be crazy not to jump at something like that. And I haven't I've really talked to Tom and those guys about about those eventualities. I know Tom's been really busy talking to everyone. I, I And I've said this in the last couple of weeks to, to multiple folks. I don't know that the Pac-12 is out of the question anymore. Um, I, you know, I, think, I think the Pac-12, we, everybody kind of put that behind them and said, no, just culturally that's not a fit. Pac-12 doesn't want a school like BYU. But then – then the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma come and do this, and you've got a new commissioner in the Pac-12, and I think he has to look at everything. Because if the Pac-12 doesn't do something through this, they're going to fall further behind than they already are. And so, so now all of a sudden maybe you go, well, culturally it's not a great fit, but from an athletic perspective, we, you know, we as a league need to do something here. And, and I think the BYU might be considered, or if you asked me a year ago, I would have said there's zero chance I'm not saying this. I'm saying it's a long shot now, but I don't think that that conversation is completely out the door. So one of those two conferences, if, if the Pac-12 is trying to strengthen itself and there's a chance to get in there, you should absolutely take it. If if you are secure in the idea that all the rest that remain in the Big 12 are there and it's a long-term deal and they're going to bring some other quality programs with you, I think you jump at that as well. Um, and if it's if it's not one of those options. And the only option is, well, maybe you ought to join a, 
you know, go back into the Mountain West or go to go to the AAC. From a from a visibility and financial standpoint, that would still be a huge step backward, and I'm not sure that I that I love that idea. I, I think the other two, you know, with the Big Twelve leftovers and adding some, would probably be the the most um, beneficial to BYU at this point. I'd support it. Why would you say, Blaine, that the, you think that the Pac-12 is still a potential? Because it seemed like everybody thought that that was no way. Yeah, I, I think when because of the news that came out the last time when they chose not to expand and, and all this news behind the scenes came back that, well, it's, it's, it's culturally, it's not a great fit. It's not a great fit because they only want schools that have the same type of academic programs with medical schools and those kinds, kinds of things. Um, but that was before this huge disruption. And, and I, I think, I feel like the PAC 12, they fired Larry Scott. They've hired a new commissioner. I feel like even internally they understand that they've fallen behind in, in the last couple of years. And so when you've fallen behind and you're making dramatic changes, all of a sudden you rethink things and you go, okay, on the academic side, how important really is that for our athletic programs to have, have these other programs fit exactly academically and culturally with, with what we've got here? So I, I just think there, there has to be internal discussions there um, that, that may change it. Um, and as and as I said, PK, I don't I, I don't think that's a as likely as the as the what did you call him? Rema- remaining call him? eight. I didn't the come up with that. Eight. Yeah. That, that. Did you come up with that? No, Is that your no. Deal? Other people oh, okay. have had. I've read that. I haven't I haven't heard that term. So I I, I love that though. The remaining eight. So the, right now they're the R eight. That's the conference right now. <laughs> but um, but but joining the R eight, I think, is a is a much more likely scenario. But. But I do think that the Pac-12 has to have discussions. And if they're having discussions from a regional perspective and from an overall like BYU is the, without question, it's not even close, the best overall athletic program in the non-P5s. And better than most of, um, from the mid-level down, P5 programs in terms of overall athletics. And I heard David Shaw last week, they were talking about it. He says, yeah, I think we need to look at, I think we need to look at expansion. If we're looking at expansion, we need to look at overall sports programs across the board, not not just football. Um, and, and what he was describing in his press conference seemed to describe you know something where people would have to go, yeah, well, BYU is exactly what David Shaw is talking about. So, um, anyhow, I, I just think that it's not out of the question anymore. I still think that that would be a long shot, PK, but but uh, things are changing and. With this Texas Oklahoma thing has opened everybody's eyes. I mean, that was just kind of out of left field. And now everybody's going, "Whoa!" Now is this a big arms race? And and is everybody going to scramble uh, to to try to compete at this point? And I think the Pac-12 has got to at least take a look at some changes. I think it's even bigger than that, Blaine. But that's a conversation for another day. I think not only is the Pac-12 threatened, I think the Big Twelve, excuse me, the Big Ten has to be feeling a little threatened too. But We'll pick up yeah. on that another time. Yeah, we. we I'll, I'll come in studio. And let's do a whole show. <laughs> yeah, on, all right. Because, let's, because let, 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 let's talk super conferences. We could we could definitely speculate. We'll come do that one day. All right. Thanks, Blaine. We appreciate it. Right. Good to talk Thanks to you. Talk to you guys. See you. All right, Blaine Fowler joining us. Former BYU quarterback. Now you see him on BYU TV. Call him BYU football and basketball games. Two things, man. It's not out of the question. And without a doubt, the best overall non-P5 athletic program? Something to be said for that, if you believe it's true.
Whether it's true or not, I don't think that's the best thing BYU has going for it. I think there's I think there's another uh The Cougarettes. I knew it. I knew another, you thought that. Nope. Uh, there's What's another wrong Trump with the Cougarettes? There's another it's not what I'm thinking of. There's another Trump it's card. So pure. There's another <laughs> Trump card. You know me, I'm thinking about money. And I'll tell you, that cash cow that you awaits thought of Trump BYU. <laughs> the cash card that awaits BYU just over the horizon. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I had a discussion with my buddy once. What would be your least desired position to play in team sports? Punt returner might be (laughs) Where your job is to field a fly ball like you're playing center field and have 11 (laughs) maniac elite athletes who want to remove your head from your body. Arrive like a split second after the ball. It's like catching a fly ball on the freeway. Yes, sounds like a terrible job. If you can think about another tweet at us, a position that you'd least want to play in all of team sports. Or you could include individual sports if there's some danger in I don't want to hold the target on the archery range. Yeah. I, don't want, I don't want to catch the javelin. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. We just had Blaine Fowler on, BYU football basketball analyst on BYU TV. We talked a little football with him. Talked a little bit about build brands and that deal that'll pay walk-ons. And he's got a list of guys who... We're offered preferred walk-on status as BYU is tight on scholarships. Sometimes they get caught in a crunch with guys returning from missions or not leaving when they think they're going to, and somebody gets squeezed out and they end up being a pretty good player. Can you think of some of those players? Jake Murphy was one that came to mind. Thought he got caught in a scholarship squeeze and ended up at Utah. Uh, Yeah, but then they benefited from that from Taysom Hill. So now can they get them coming and going because of this? And then it's also about the, uh, he liked your point about, hey, it sends a message out there, and, and he's, uh, he's ready for a partnership with the remaining eight if they're actually going to stay together and not peel off one or two at a time and go do their own thing. I don't know if there's any guarantee there, though. I think if you do that uh, grant of TV rights, then it keeps you together for that period of time. What does that mean? That, that's, a short, that's a short span of time. That's five years. No one's if you signing. only do it for five well, years. Well, no one's signing a 20-year TV deal. Well, the AAC signed through 36, but it was also widely seen as a mistake. So even though it right. has happened, I don't think it'll happen well, again. Klyavkov said shorter said deals. Right to my face. Shorter that deal. was a mistake yeah. that the Pac-12 did. Well, right. clearly it was. Right. You they didn't did know it at deal. the time or you wouldn't have done it, but it was a mistake. So that's not going to be there. You're not going to well, have you only that do long-term a five or six security. Year, if you only do a five or six-year grant of rights, then there is no long-term security. That's just not that doesn't that doesn't mean any definition of long term. I gave up on any conference loyalty when I was told that BYU is going independent, their sports are going in the whack, we've got it all set up. I was told that I go to the gym not more than an hour later and across the TV Nevada and uh, Fresno are leaving. Uh, I had just been told that everything was set and they were going to go do this. And then (laughs) an hour or two later, I'm like, what did I just see? I couldn't believe what I just saw. I'm Jack Buck here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe what I just saw. Yeah, And they had it all set up. And then Craig Thompson did his thing and it changed. So if you're looking for long-term security, you're not going to find it. 
It's like a Hollywood marriage. It's like marrying a Kardashian. No, no. I mean, sure, it's fun in the short term, and you get a lot of, you know, I mean. And after but... they sell the wedding pictures for $17 million, <laughs> you're a former jazz man, and you're alone. So, yeah, I don't know that I would like to be, like, number 33 on the list. That's just me. Yeah. I don't think it is just you. <laughs> I don't think it's just you at all. We start dipping down below five, I get a little nervous. You want to be in the top 25. You don't want to be among others receiving votes. Receiving what? Others receiving votes. <laughs> he says, enunciating very carefully. So, uh, that's a risk that they're going to have to take. But I think that the... Actually, for me, I think that the super conference that you guys were talking about right at the end with Blaine, I think, and Kyle thinks this too, he said it, and I've spoken to him about it. Super I conference think that, is coming. Yeah, we're going in that direction. And at that point, it's most especially underscored a high level of importance that BYU is on the inside, not on the outside. Because that that becomes a real defining point that we're not there yet, but when we get there, and I believe it's a win, not an if, they've got to figure out how to bay in. So if you believe that joining the R8 will help you get on the inside, even if there's some change within that, which inevitably there'll be some point somewhere, somewhere down the line, who knows when, short term, long term, I don't know, but it will happen. But if that helps you then to be included into this, whether it's a field of 64 or whatever they get to the with the four yeah. 16s, you need to make sure you're in there. That's why I think that that could be a good deal to go with those eight. Because I don't scoff at this eight and act like these athletic programs are trash just because Oklahoma and Texas went in, in a different direction. I don't think that at all. I think as long as they stick with the format, and I get everybody's mad at the SEC because everyone's like, wow, we really can't partner and trust these guys. Look what they just did to the Big 12. They sat in a room. with They and the Big 12 are supposed to be representing all of us to come up with a proposal here for a new playoff. And meanwhile, they were sticking it to the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas. Holy cow. So I just think there's personal relationships there and there's feelings and you can say it's business. And it is. But there's still yeah. emotion, so I don't put think the brakes on it. SEC was sticking it to anybody. I think Oklahoma and Texas were sticking it. Oh, certainly an argument to be made for that. Certainly. But I don't completely understand this putting the brakes on everything with the 12 team playoff. Because while it's true the 12 team playoff benefits the SEC, you can also see it benefiting other leagues. That six leagues are going to be guaranteed a team in the playoff seems like a positive for a lot of leagues. Maybe oh, yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. impact. The SEC, well, the Big going, Ten, and the ACC, because they're already in. But for the next three leagues, whoever they are, however you order them, they've been left out. Mm. So I think that they've got to double back to this. Now, maybe they put a cap oh, I think on... they will. I don't think there's any question. Maybe they put a cap on how many teams get in and at large berths. But I still think, separate from that discussion... I don't even know that we're stopping at 16, and I know Kyle's thrown that out there for a long time, but to your point, the SEC wasn't double-dealing and giving anybody the shaft. They were just doing what was best for the SEC. Well, is it best for the SEC to go to 20? If they think they can pull Ohio State and Michigan away, if they think they can pull Clemson and Notre Dame or Florida State away, are they going to do it? I don't know. I don't know that they need to do it. but I, They didn't need to get Oklahoma and Texas. But they did it. 
But, but, that, but that's geographically, it's much easier and all that stuff. You already had A&M in your conference, and you got Missouri, which is above Oklahoma, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yeah, so, I get it. They're adjacent states. They're yeah. there, so. Yeah. I, I can't say yes or no on that. I don't have any idea as far as who goes uh, um, to that level. But it's just important for BYU to be on the inside. So you were so as a go to so as a financially so streaming streaming is coming and it's coming quickly. Uh, the NFL signed an eleven year deal, and I think everybody thinks that's the last broadcast over the air deal that's going to look like everything we've grown up with. Whether you're twenty, thirty, forty, or fifty, it's what you've grown up with, and it's going to change. And when streaming comes, BYU is worth more money. The Cougars, everybody has fans spread out to some degree. All these big state universities have alumni chapters in different places, and the bigger, older schools have bigger chapters. But BYU is going to be much more valuable in the streaming world. BYU has got fans. We see it wherever they go. They get 5,000 fans unless they get 10 or 15. And how many of those people are going to be willing to pay Five or ten or twenty bucks or whatever it is to get whatever streaming service has the right to BYU games. Yeah, it depends on what games, though, because BYU, I agree with you on that. There's no question. I've lived it for 20 some years since I've been in right. this community. You've and I've seen, seen it firsthand. How many, how many fans do you over. see when you go to Hawaii? Yeah. Five, ten, thousand? Yeah, they're, they're just all over the place. Right. There's no doubt about it. And whether you think, well, they're not diehards, who cares? Their cash yeah. is cash. Okay, so and I think that out. is a question, though. Are they diehard enough to pay whatever the fee is yeah. to get the streaming service? Because so like, once you're in a conference, you're going to have a deal. It whether depends it's on with, the games, the quality of the games. If it's Idaho State, no. So, like, I saw Notre Dame is going to have the Toledo game on, right? Right. It's Toledo. Nothing against Toledo. Right. But why would I pay extra Because for where Toledo? this is going is that at least four of the six Notre Dame home games are going to be streamed. So it's going to be good games. If it You're goes right. that way, it I'm is. on board with you. It, it, yes, I would pay. It's going that way. The I question paid is, for BYU-UMass. The question is how quickly, and that's why the new commissioner tells you, don't sign a 12-year deal, it's a mistake. Because it's changing, and nobody knows exactly how quickly. And if you're the big dog, you can dictate. And the NFL can dictate. They're the only ones who can be out there signing an 11-year deal. Well, and I, but is that enough for the negatives out there, fair or unfair negatives, to get BYU on the inside? See, that's what I wonder. You know, because I believe they were on the precipice of going to the Big 12 and that uh, the, the lesbian, gay... Uh, LGB, I'm not going to get LGBTQ it issue. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I didn't want to screw that up. I'm not trying to be wise or anything. Uh, but I believe that was a significant issue. And, and, and I believe BYU thought they had an excellent chance that they were going to go, what was that, 2015, 2016, somewhere in there, and that thing. And so, you know, they're trying to overcome it. It's a balancing act. So you can debate that all you want, whatever you think on that. And if you're, I'm not going to change anybody's point of view, so I'm not going to even bother debating it. You think what you want to think, and that's the way people are. But they've got to get past these image things that are thwarting them, I think. The Sunday play, that's a problem. It's an issue. I've been told that by people who work in athletic administration and like, you and I think they can work around it. But, but other people in other time zones don't think that, right. and they're calling the shots. 
Right. But see, I really wonder going forward how much of the shots the Pac-12 is going to get to call. They have fallen behind. They know they've fallen behind. They fired their commissioner for a specific set of reasons. He okay, wasn't but doing it's not job like they well. can't easily catch up. I would like to think they could, and that's probably my bias of having grown up on the West Coast and watched these. I mean, when the games were regionalized back in the day, that's just what I saw. But are they getting outflanked by money? To me, the thing that makes the most sense is for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten to form a partnership. Because I think a big part of the Big Ten feels threatened, like, uh uh-oh, we're not carrying the freight the way Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are. If Oklahoma and Texas can leave that league, could some of these big dogs leave our league? Now, they got the whole academic tie, and I think that means a lot more to the academic people than it means to you and I. So maybe they got ties that will bind them together. I don't think Ohio State needs to leave. I agree with that. But I don't think Oklahoma and Texas need it. Well, I take that back. Maybe they did need to leave the way recruiting was going in Texas. I think that might have scared them. I think it's a different story. That might have scared them. A different story. Yeah. Yeah. And And that might be the difference... One of the differences that keeps them together. But I could see if you're going to do something joint and big and form a super conference without a super conference and do something really different or the two leagues partner, if, if the Big Ten, who's generating more money, tells the Pac-12, we'll do this, but you're going to have to add, add a couple teams, what's the Pac-12 going to say? And basically, nobody wants to say this, but every once in a while, someone blurts it out. And when BYU tried to partner with the Big East, there was a Big East lawyer talking to some BYU lawyer. Who do these guys think they are? Like, do people want to partner with someone who thinks they're the 800-pound gorilla in the room? Man, we heard that about Texas in the Big 12 forever. I think BYU's so, gotten past that. So there's that, because we're getting to a whole new generation of people. Time moves on, and people retire, and different people get promoted. And so that can be a factor. But also, if the Big Ten says, you need to add these two, and they're hard to work with. That's not our problem. Add them. I don't know that the Pac-12, if they're dealing with the Big Ten, will be due. That's you think an they're going to ex- BYU to the Pac-12? Is that if, where you're going if, with this? If, oh, if man, how else breaking news. How else would they get in? Because I think what you say about, well... LGBTQ issues, Blaine phrased it as uh, cultural issues, you know, a, a red state, a red school, a bunch of blue states, conservatives, liberals, all that. I think that stuff's real. <laughs> I think that stuff is real, and it matters. It's only one thing that matters. A lot of stuff matters, but it matters. Uh, don't dismiss it. It matters. But other things matter, too, and I think the Pac-12, as everything changes, is in a much stronger position if they're partnering with the Big Ten. I'm just not ruling out the SEC going after everybody. I'm not, I'm not ruling out. And they may stay at 16, and that may be it. But I am not ruling it out. I don't think they want to be the biggest conference. Sometimes I think they want to be the only conference. The only one, huh? They want to bury everybody. It just matters more. The Undertaker. <laughs> right? And if that's the way it's going, then a couple other leagues may need to band together. It may be the only way to do it. Think different. Think outside the box. So there's a lot of big pieces moving on the board, and the Utes and the Cougars don't control them all. I'm not convinced the Pac-12 controls a big chunk of them. They control some of them. I think the USC's and the Oregon's of the world, they control some. I think Stanford might, too. I think Stanford's got a good brand, and they're an important TV market. In a weird way, they don't deliver it, but in a weird way, they're still there. 
Notre Dame likes to go play there for a reason. And it isn't the crowds of 70,000 because they couldn't fill that stadium and they built a smaller one. But Notre Dame still likes going there. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, the zone. Kind of ties together. Stanford's like the, uh, like the cornfield in Iowa, the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. It's all that's good in baseball. It's all that's good. These high-end academic kids and high-end athletes, too. Stanford's got its own draw. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, the zone. David Locke, radio voice of the jazz, coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30. Hans and Scotty are counting down the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 in 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on The Zone Sports Network. 20 days to college football, PK. 15 to the week zero games if UCLA and Hawaii does anything for you. It do. Is UCLA going to be any good this year? Yeah. UCLA sounds like they should be good, but they've only been good intermittently. Are they going to be competitive? They're going to take somebody down. I don't know what's your definition of good? I think they're going to be competitive. Eight wins. I, don't, I can't guarantee a number of wins, but what I can expect is that they're going to play you competitively and it's going to be hard to beat them, not like it has been where it's been just a easy wake up and you know you're going to win that day type of game. I don't think it's going to be that at all. No more walkovers, huh? Was it the last time we were down in Pasadena? And it was just the last three or four times I've gone down there for work to cover the games, it's just they've been smokages. Just hammer them. Just blow them off the field. This is completely non-competitive. I don't expect that at all. 41 to 10. And well, then, you were down there for 52-45. That wasn't a blot. That was Joe Williams going off for 330 yards. I mean, remarkably easy for the Utes to run yeah. the ball, but it was still a one-touchdown game. Uh, it was a little misleading, though, if a I little, remember. It didn't feel like they were going to lose, although UCLA did get the ball late with a chance to tie. But the two games up here have been awful. I mean, the, to your point, the last three games... Uh, the average score is basically 45 to 10 or something so like that. The last time I was down there, yeah. it was an absolute just annihilation. Yeah. Yep. Would that, would that have been in 2019? Uh, 2018? 2019 was up here. It was 49 to 3. Your last trip to Pasadena was 41 to 10. And then in 2017, the Utes won 48 Well, I can remember it was, it was uh, the extra inning World Series game. Because I was concerned about where I was staying. I got a drive-by Dodger Stadium coming off of the freeway there. And that game, uh, actually, it ended as I pulled into the parking lot of the hotel. Just made it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had it on the radio. Before the Dodger Stadium parking lot emptied out and right. jammed everything up. Right. Yeah. So they just destroyed it. Was that a, it was a, it might have even been a Friday night game, if I remember. I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. It actually had a shot during the game uh, from one stadium to the other. 
Yeah, okay. You can see the lights, and they had like a blimp up or whatever, and they shot, and there's the lights. Yeah. And look what's going on but, over there. But they actually just, just slaughtered them, so I don't think we're at that level. I can't say how many wins they're going to have, but I expect them to be far more competitive. It's a slow rebuild, but I think there has been, even if it's just uh, incrementally smaller steps than I'm sure all Bruin fans want, I think it is there. Well, you always say in the Pac-12, if you can win, and this actually goes back to your Pac-10 days, if you can beat an opponent seven times in 10 years, you'd take it. And right now, the Utes are 6-3 and three against UCLA. So they're about to hit that if they win this year. They'll certainly be favored. Yes, I've always believed if you can win, now maybe if you're SC or Oregon, it's a different story, but for the rest of us, if you, at any 10-year period, if you've beaten a given team seven times, I think you take that in this conference. Uh, so, yes, they've clearly had the upper hand. Um, and we're at that point now uh, where it's starting to get f- the 10-year mark with last year being they're not playing everybody. Right. So, uh, And they didn't play UCLA last year. Right, That's one that got missed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they didn't play Arizona, UC Los Angeles, ASU, right? They played SC and Colorado uh, were the two of the teams from the South that they played, right? And then they also played Washington State and uh, Washington and somebody else. I can't even remember who it was. So I would I would assume they're they're approaching that with Arizona too, because it seemed like they've had the upper hand on those guys. They got them a few years ago. The Cats got them a few years ago in overtime, if I remember correctly. It was the night that Ronda Rousey lost her fight, because I can remember somebody asking me, "Hey, did you see Ronda lost?" As we're walking off the field. <laughs> No. <laughs> Paying attention to not, that not right really, now. Not really in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I'm down here working at this game. This is a big deal. <laughs> this is what I'm focused on. I remember somebody asked me about that. It is hard to remember the five teams they played last year. It was such a weird... USC and Colorado in the South. They get Oregon State? And they did. They beat Oregon State yeah. at home. Yeah. And they played the Washington schools. Right. I knew it so. was Oregon. I thought it was Oregon State. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, David Locke coming up. We haven't talked to him in a couple weeks. A lot of of player movement, draft picks, free agency, trades. We'll get his assessment of the NBA, where it stands in the offseason, and we will do that next.